what's going on everyone lots of shit happened uh today thursday uh if you don't know what happened you must be living in a freaking barn or you don't I, i don't know but baseball's back and i'm pretty fucking excited about it i know my man nola jeffy's excited about it I know my man Murph's excited about it. Big Bear. Unfortunately, uh, Big Bear could not be here today. Uh, he's feeling extremely under the weather. Thinks he may have COVID. Not sure yet. Uh, prayers up for Big Bear. We miss you, buddy. We'll pour one out on the floor for you. Get a 40 for you, Big Bear. This episode's for you. Uh, but yeah, Nola, how you doing, man? Baseball's back. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, I was already excited for minor league, but you know, there's always more love for more baseball. Yeah, yeah, and leave it to MLB and the MLBPA. I just squeaked my dog's toy for no reason. <laughs> uh, leave it to them to kind of muddy up what we had planned for the podcast tonight and just blow yeah. every plan out of the goddamn water. So. Yeah. This episode is just going to be discussing what we think MLB did right, what MLBPA did right, and what maybe they did wrong. Who knows? Uh, but there have been some rule changes. Uh, first, we got big-ass bases. I mean, did you see the comparison between the new ones and the old ones? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I, I enjoyed that uh, meme with Ricky Henderson holding up a giant <laughs> base, where I saw... Uh, what would someone say with regards to what they hope to see? And they see uh, McClendon. Oh. Sell, what was it? Some, like sell the little bases or something? I mean, could you imagine Lloyd trying to steal the big ass base now? You have to get like a forklift. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. I'll get my forklift. Hold on. Beep, beep. No, I, I mean, I, I really don't care about the bigger bases. It's whatever. I know the minor leagues have been using it. I know the Frontier mm-hmm. League has been using mm-hmm. it uh, kind of like as a, a test to see how it would work. I really don't think you're going to see that much of a difference. Uh, I know they're saying it's trying to uh, limit contact and injuries, maybe get some more steals involved. I don't know, man. I think baseball is more of a power game. And well, no, it, That'll definitely be interesting to follow to see kind of like I guess uh, percentage-wise, yeah, uh, stolen base attempts. I I even still remember last, like last year in the minors, it seemed that, yeah, there was a uptick in successful stolen bases because I remember when we traded for Carter Benz, you know, they touting him as like a defensive catcher, and I remember looking at his caught stealing percentage. I was like, man, it doesn't look that good. But then I started looking at all the other numbers. And I was like, he's actually one of the better ones. <laughs> A lot of people were struggling with catching base runners. Do you think maybe Triolo's stolen base numbers kind of were juiced because of the bigger bases? Or do you think he has like legit, because uh, he's not fast by any means, but he does have like base running IQ. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I'm kind of ignorant to that aspect. Was it in that specific league that had the larger bases? I don't remember which ones they had it in. I don't know. I think they were tra- testing it out in like low A and high A. Like, I don't think they were doing it in triple mm-hmm. A or double A. Um, I don't know the. I was like, I know, entire... obviously, like the 
logistics behind it, yeah. Um, yeah, like, like I know how, like, the league Bradenton's in had the automatic strike zone specifically. I know they, like, put them all, like, in different leagues, but. Yeah. Um, I know Bradenton had some games with the automated strike zone. Uh, is that going to be, like, minor league wide now? Because I know they're adding it to AAA. Like, is that all the minor leagues? I can't imagine. I mean, they probably do or would be able to outfit all the parks with the technology they would need. But I don't believe that all the parks are outfitted with the specific technology yet. Yeah. I mean, we still got places that can't even stream games (laughs) in Greensboro. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Greensboro. Right pisses me off to this day i I don't know they also seem to 50 dollars i want to see greensboro yes they also seem to want to ban the shift i don't know the entire specifics on it i don't know if you can't have x amount of players on one side of the field or not Mm -hmm. um i really don't mind banning the shift it kind of gives more offensive play to your pool hitters. Like Polanco would have definitely benefited from uh, the shift ban for sure, because all he did was pull the ball. Um, I don't know. Do you think you're going to see an uptick in offense because of that? Or are we just not going to notice it? I, I didn't get a chance to read it, but I, I think someone actually in fact, fan graphs wrote an article about that uh, yesterday or today. And if I remember right, the headline was something along the lines of that it's probably not going to make that much of an impact. Yeah. I mean, we're probably talking a couple percentage points. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But, I mean, probably still be a lot more details to come out about it only because what it's none of it's going to be instituted at MLB level at least until 2023. Yeah. I mean, all the – uh, rule changes that we're discussing now are not going to go into effect until the following season. So um, mm-hmm. that also includes the pitch clock. Now I know there is kind of a pitch clock already. It's just not that enforced. Um, well, that's a, yeah. Well, it's like something like 12 seconds technically yeah. with yeah. no base, uh, runners on the base. Yeah. It, I, I really don't mm-hmm. see how much of a difference that's going to make. Um, I know baseball always wants to speed the game up because that's a big complaint with like your casual fans. Like they don't want to sit there for four hours. Yeah. But I I don't know how much that's going to change. I I think a lot of the reasons why baseball is elongated is because of the home run ball being so involved now. Like you're not seeing I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think any of these rule changes are going to make a huge difference. Maybe bigger bags will. I yeah. don't know. I love speed game and that benefits the pirates. Um, as we know that they have a when shit that, ton of speed in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and then in terms of the, uh, the pitching uh, amount of pitches, because I feel like also, just, you know, with emphasis on strikeouts and things like that, like, I mean, you know, the Greg Maddox for a complete game under 100 pitches, 
Like <laughs> nowadays, guys are hitting ninety or ninety pitch count in the fifth inning. So yeah, yeah, you got a lot. You probably have a lot more longer at bats than you used to. Oh yeah, I mean, full counts are nothing new uh, to the modern game. I mean, you see a lot of guys battling. Um, ben Gamble seemed to battle a shit ton of at bats. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's a part of the game, and they tell you to shorten up and fight and just get a piece of it, and that's what yeah. we've seen. And I don't think you can really change that aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see a not big changes, at least in my opinion. You're not gonna see a lot uh, change, uh, at least I, from I these rooms. So, because I mean, you also there's also the fact that no, I mean especially when we're talking about the Ray Searage Pirates, you know, they were the pitch to contact three pitches or less to get an out, but they were aiming for. Now they're aiming for the strikeout. So they're, you know, putting the ball in certain spots, waste pitches and things like that with purpose. Yeah. Frankie Soriano would have loved that because he did nothing but bury sliders. (laughs) Slider, 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 bury, maybe throw a fastball. Yeah. Um, Another rule change that we're seeing expanded playoffs. And that was one of the big bargaining chips that the owners really wanted. Like that's more money. That's more television money. That's a lot more money in their pockets. And with expanded playoffs, a lot of people are talking about your smaller market teams, like your pirates that Mm -hmm. have a better chance to get in the playoffs. Now, do you think having expanded playoffs is good for the sport? Because we've seen with the NFL with expanded playoffs, we didn't get a whole lot of good wild card games, man. It was ugly. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the way, the way I kind of see it, um, we, we kind of have to step outside ourselves in that aspect because as like diehard baseball fans, they're the types that are the ones, you know, arguing about like, no, it's a 162 game season and the teams that make the playoffs, it should be like, they deserve it. Very they, small. Yeah, exactly. But, <clears throat> and even I remember Harold Reynolds was talking about it. The, what happens with when you have all these teams, now you have 12 teams. I mean, that expands how many teams are in the running. So, what that does is, you know, for your casual fans, they're just like, hey, how's my team doing? But, you know, yeah, they're not – they're probably not watching all 162, but, you know, they're going to trick up every now and then. And if they see that their team is now what would normally be eight games out of a playoff spot and being like, yeah, whatever, I don't care, yeah, you know, they might be three, four games out. So they might be a little more like, okay, they're in the playoff race. I'm going to watch it now. And I feel like that's kind of where baseball has lost itself is they haven't really been directing themselves in a direction that's pertaining to, we need to grasp the casual fans. Yeah. You know, the, the types of fans we would make fun of, you know, as Penn's fans, it's like, man, you, you know, who Crosby, Malkin and who else? Like, Maybe Latang. That's about it. <laughs> so you, you became a Penn's fan in 2014. Yeah. And it's like, the thing is for the, game itself growing the game and obviously financially you need the casual fans you need them buying merch you need them showing up to games buying beers buying hot dogs yeah and so having more teams in the running for playoffs is going to bring in more people that are interested and intrigued to follow what's going on with their team yeah 
I think one of the downsides everyone speaks to when it comes to expanded playoffs, it kind of incentivizes your small market teams to not spend where they should be spending, you know, your Bob nutting mm-hmm. or your other small market teams like the Rays, like the Marlins. Do mm-hmm. you think that that, gives owners like that more incentive to not spend money and just see what the hell happens? Because uh, personally, I think it does. Uh, I mean, it, it. I'd say it probably. I mean, even I know Tim would always talk about the Huntington era. It was, it was like they would always, they weren't, they weren't necessarily competing for a championship. They were competing for a playoff spot. And then just because of the, craziness of playoffs as it is it's you know a lot of times people just felt you just have to make it to playoffs and from there who knows what's going to happen so yeah again you know just when there's going to be more teams in the running it's probably going to lead to people being like well you know i like where we're standing right now let's see where we're going to get with this roster we currently have as opposed to like no we need that extra guy we need we need that extra bullpen arm we need that closer we need that bench bat yeah. Which, and then even in that regards, I, I think it's going to be, I'll be curious to see what happens, you know, like a trade deadline. Specifically, when we talk about like last trade deadline with Adam Frazier, mm-hmm. you know, does that increase his value because more teams are in the playoff running or does it decrease his value? Because teams are like, mm, we, we're cool with the roster we have. We're going to see what we can get with the roster we have. I think if expanded playoffs were a thing the season that just passed, I think maybe the Padres would have been more hungry to get Adam Frazier or Seattle Mariners to get Adam Frazier. Because if you look at expanded playoffs, the Mariners would have been in the playoffs. Yeah. Padres just sunk completely down. I don't think they would have even made it. Um, At least with the format that they're talking now. Mm. So in my opinion, I think it increases value and it becomes more of a buyer's market than a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um, when you include more teams, because, you know, you got the guys who would normally be out, say three and a half games back, four games back, you add that player who has like a three war or four war. And you then tr- try and propel yourself into that. Well, let's just see mm-hmm. what happens and get in the playoffs. You know, I, I don't know if, well, that's what you instead of you might have in a normal, you might have 10 arms on the market. Yeah. Now you might only have six arms on the market because by the time trade deadline comes around, you might only have like four teams that are truly out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and here's here's the ultimate question here with that. Let's say the pirates shock yeah. people in 2022. I doubt it. Let's just play, let's just have some fun here. If at the trade deadline, they are not out of it, not in it, kind of in the middle. Do you try and risk and maybe trade off some guys who are Rule 5 eligible very soon and try and flip? I I might. I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, well, I, I feel like, at least especially with the depth type of depth they have, I think that opens the ability to, you know, again, if they have a hole somewhere, 
they could get a mid tier they could probably flip some prospects for a mid tier guy. Yeah. As opposed to like, no, we're going for the head honcho number one guy on the market. We need the biggest bat. They'll they'll do more of like a Atlanta Braves type moves. Yeah. <clears throat> Which and, and again, that's that's something else I think too is again, you know, like when we talk about like Adam Fraser, I think we'll see more of like the Adam Fraser types being the moves at the trade deadline. Yeah. The more like mid tiers. I don't think we'll see as many like high end big name moves. It's going to be interesting, man. I expected yeah. at seven o'clock <laughs> when I was at work that there'd be a shit ton of notifications of trades <laughs> and transactions. Ping, 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 ping. Nothing really has shocked anybody yet nothing has really happened mm-hmm. yet like i'm still down for Correa coming to pittsburgh it's gonna happen oh yeah it, it's going to we... <laughs> he did say no, he's man. willing to go to a rebuilding team come on I mean, morosi's morosi's got a spent or wait, wow i'm i was thinking something and <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna need to spend some money now so Sorry, I, I was thinking on my head because I was trying to look something up uh, about how uh, Morosi tweeted about that all the agents are talking about that it's about to get really busy in the next uh, couple of days. You mean agents by just Scott Boris because he's just the only agent in Major League Baseball? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he runs the players union. Yes, yes he does. Because it's all Scott Boris's fault. It's all his fault. Yeah, even though he got outvoted by the team reps <laughs> hey man everyone's got to have a scapegoat and scott boris yeah. is the perfect scapegoat i mean like do I'm you remember when nobody likes him do you remember when like drew rosenhaus was like at the peak of his mm-hmm. career with like terrell owens being his like mm-hmm. superstar like i think scott boris has taken that like times 20 like with the way that yeah. everyone just yeah. paints a demon picture with him I don't personally like the guy, but I don't think he's to blame for this. I mean, oh, he's getting yeah. his clients uh, money. He's getting paid. Exactly. That's the I name mean, of the game. It, the best for him. I mean, the best for the players is the best for him. Exactly. You don't, you don't think he's pro player. Of course he is. Yeah. He wants his clients to get paid. So he oh, gets yeah. paid. Even, even the Elvis Andrews types. Yeah. Sign those long contracts and then become terrible. Hey, He's getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can think of some bad contracts, man. Where, I, I mean, you look at, like, I know you're not an NBA fan, but Gilbert Arenas. Like, I think that dude is still getting paid by the Wizards. <laughs> you mean like how Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid? Hey, man, Bobby Bonilla Day. That's, that's the great. I, I swear to God that agent deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Just with that yeah. deal, though. I mean, if you read about it, I understand what they were trying to do. It's just, you know, they put the money in the wrong place, like a Ponzi scheme, and then lost all their money. And <laughs> now they're still paying. Yeah. I mean, Mets are going to met. And yeah. I, I know you had some rants going on about a certain uh, owner <laughs> the past couple of days, uh, Mr. Steve Cohen. So uh yeah, people really really jumping on him like thinking like oh man he wants to spend money like but uh, he, he don't care about actual people thinking like oh he loves baseball wins 
the fans to be happy and build a ring club. Like, no, it's a power move. I mean, yeah, the guy wants an, guy wants a World Series as a power move, but yeah, I mean, you can see from his tweets and his you know likes from today <laughs> that you know I don't even know how to retweet. Oops, he sure is shit. <laughs> learned how to unlike something like you said, right? Yeah, he sure shit learned right. that real quick. <clears throat> Which I mean, I guess as a fan of a certain team, I guess you just want championships, and you're like, I, I don't care. However we get there, I don't care. But let, let, Let's be honest. If Steve Cohen was the Pirates owner, would you really care? I mean, I'd probably still think he was a piece of shit, but I'd be like, all right, let's yeah. – I, I still want a World Series. Yeah. I mean, I think the majority of owners are pieces of shit. Like, oh, yeah. Majority yeah. of them. Oh, there's yeah. some good guys out there, but they're businessmen, and they, they're, they're conniving. That, that's what they do. They oh, want yeah. their way. I mean – they own people. Yeah. Like, well, it's something like they talk about, like with the Yankees, I, I think they said that George Steinbrenner was one of the architects of the original, like CBT and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think about, you know, because you just equate the Yankees with spend, 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 but then you got the threshold, yeah. the taxes. And it's like a Yankee came up with that. Really? <laughs> Well, because then that's again, you know, like we're saying, like they're businessmen. I mean, obviously, they because a, a competitive, successful team, a World Series championship team. I mean, you can see it uh, with the Braves being the only, you know, like publicly traded franchise. It's extremely profitable, and their number one goal is profit. Well, and that's why. What's that? If, if you ask a certain commissioner, it's not profitable, and it's much easier to, uh, you know, buy stocks and, and and deal with that. Yeah, yeah. My my one hundred and fifty million dollar investment is now worth five billion. That's that's not a profit. What are you talking about? I, I'm in the red with that, man. I'm not in the black. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, it, I guess, well then I guess you know the the fun. argument there is going to be like, well, but that's not liquid, so you know they can't spend that money. It's like, yeah, but as soon as they sell that team, yeah, I, it, it's stupid. The, the entire thing was stupid, and it took nearly a hundred days to fix this, yeah. and it's not uh-huh. even fixed. If you really think about it, what did they yeah. change that much? Can you really think of something that's major, major? Uh, they added a DH to the NL. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I Honestly, it took you that long, and it was that much of a pissing contest. Like, I'm all for the players. Get what you want. Get what you need. Yeah. But fuck, man. It took you this long, and it drug out this long. You could have got this done in, like, a month. Yeah, well, I guess, and that's the part of it too. I mean, they locked them out and didn't talk for the first what forty three days. So, yeah, half of the ninety nine days they weren't even in contact. Then you had poor Jeff Passon get hacked, getting those <laughs> NFTs, baby. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, he he, he turned it around <laughs> into some humor. So good, for Jeffeth. Him. Jeffeth passing it or what was it? <laughs> Something fucking. It was like Jeff F the dot E T H for yeah Ethereum. That was crazy, man. Like I, I went to his Twitter page and I'm like, everything changed all of a sudden. 
what's going on? And I screenshot uh, it and sent it to you. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, okay, back on track with things that are changing. Um, we got word that there's no Rule 5 draft. That is huge for some teams, yeah. like our Pirates, because there's a shit ton of guys on that R5 list that was left off. Um, yeah. A certain podcaster's favorite player, uh, who he likes to... Um, has another chance to get on the roster. Uh, <laughs> so... I mean, but hey, hey, let, let, let's not lie, though. We're, we're all Mason fans, though. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt to it. It's just, I hate the biased attitude towards it. I mean, you got to look at things yeah. as they are. He's got to yeah. fix the strikeout numbers, man. He's no, got to gra- get more walks. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say the my one fear was that if they instituted a DH, I was like, then I would worry. But no rule five now, so I'm like, all right, no, we're good. Yeah. And, you know, that you, you look at the list of guys on that R5 list. You got guys like Santiago Flores, who uh-huh. I, you know, I love him. You got <laughs> Mason Martin. Was it Cal Mitchell? Uh, I'm drawing blanks on some names right now, but I mean, there's a lot of guys, Bolton. There's a lot of guys on that list that have legit chances now. And off the air, we talked about, we're going to see a lot of roster change on the major league side. Now, do you think guys like Mason Martin, maybe G1 Bay, who's up for R5 next year, yeah. are going to end up on the major league roster, at least the 40-man roster by midseason or season's end to kind of protect these guys? Or do you see just a big fall off? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a mix. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, probably fluid movement just because, let's be honest, we have a lot of guys that – probably shouldn't even be in the majors yeah. on our roster so yeah, no just, really which it, it's gonna <laughs> this this uh couple of weeks and first month this opening free agency period is gonna be because i know we've talked about it before when we were talking about all the uh free agents that were fallen like it was like john gray gone and this guy gone and this guy gone it's like it's gonna be interesting to see what direction they go in these next couple of weeks to month. Cause it's going to be, are we really going to go into the season with this type roster where I could potentially see Cruz and Ronzi making the opening day roster now? Yeah. And um, we're going to hit on that subject a little bit later because yeah. there's another role change that's going to happen <laughs> that could uh-huh. incentivize that. Yeah. And that's, I, I just feel, I've, especially with like a lot of the pitchers, I feel like we're, there's high potential to have a lot of like, okay, you got a couple of weeks, you got a month to see what you can do. All right. You're being terrible. Gone. Call up the next guy. Let's see what you can do type of stuff. And then again, you know, to trades, there will, I think it's possible that we're going to see at least some like minor league swap of players. We're going to see, like we were talking about, depending on where their standing is, maybe they'll flip a couple guys for, uh, mid-tier player someone you know with some extra years of control 
because I mean they're they're gonna have to. It's gonna get real tight with the rule five. It already was, and it's gonna get even more tighter. Yeah, yeah, and and you know you have to look at that too. You know, after this season passes, there's more guys that are gonna be on the R five eligible, and yeah. now comes the question: Are you just gonna make a huge like everyone's gonna be on it? including the ones that were supposed to be yeah. available this year? Or are you going to push back those times? I mean, there's a lot of shit that needs to be figured yeah. out here. Because there's no yeah, way I mean, in hell that you're going to have that many guys available. They just can't. Right. And that, and there's probably going to be a lot of, you know, of them sitting down and thinking to themselves, all right, who do we see being here and holding down a spot? three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, who do we see? So your priest or your Majinski, your Burroughs, those guys are going to say, okay, these guys are going to projected to be here. We need to worry about these other 15, 20 guys down here picking, okay, who, who deserves a shot? Who are we going to see what they got? Yeah. And that's right. We'll probably see a lot of, a handful of guys getting maybe some aggressive pushes this year. Florencio sticks out as one. Yeah. Because he dominated Bradenton. And I guess it depends on what he does in Greensboro. Um, I, I don't know. I, I see him as being someone pushed aggressively. Majinski, like you said, probably is going to yeah. get pushed. I think G1 Bay is right there. I think we're going to see. Majinski probably won't because he, he, he's probably got at least another year before he, yeah, he's got another year before he's eligible. So, <clears throat> Oh, is he 23? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought he was 22. Okay. Oh, geez, man. Even looking at 23. Whew. There's a lot of names. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's rough, and I'm sure you're looking at Ethan's uh, R5 tab. Yeah, uh, shout out to Ethan. Thank you for your uh, dedicated hard work. <laughs> like that dude puts in more work than I do in a year uh, with his shit. Yeah. His he puts in more. Yeah, his CBA updates. Like it took him like what six hours a day for that one he was tweeting out crazy yeah you know i'm i'm just happy he's finally gonna be able to sleep i mean granted he does have a newborn so maybe actually not but (laughs) in theory he can finally sleep yeah and with the new minimum salaries he's probably having a field day right now looking over numbers oh yeah he loves having official numbers so yes and if you don't have official numbers you better watch the fuck out because he's coming for you <laughs> in the mentions. Oh, yeah. He, he comes for the throat. Yes, he does. I mean, <clears throat> I saw him go after Maggie <clears throat> more times than not. <laughs> <laughs> like, he does not. <clears throat> excuse me. He does not give a shit. <clears throat> now, looking at uh, Fangraph's payroll projection, projections here, um, with the 700K added, uh to the payrolls looking at it uh-huh. here all 30 teams the pirates are second uh with the changes with three million three hundred and sixty seven thousand more 
The Rangers mm-hmm. are the team right above them. So that $3 million is going into Seven Springs. Wait a minute. He sold Seven Springs. Shit. Where does it go now? Uh, to Ogden Newspapers. <coughs> they're, they're adding a cartoon section. <coughs> Excuse me. Fuck. I'm congested, boys and girls. It is not my time of year, to I say the need, least. I need to get y'all some uh, medicine. I need some. Uh, oh wait, I can't some, say y'all. I have to say yens. I need to get me some Robitussin. Like oh, facts. I mean, some I don't Vicks like being sick, rub. But, but when I am, man, I love those uh, Nyquil sleeps. I Nyquil sleep hard sleep. on Nyquil. My body reacts differently to shit that makes you fall asleep. Like it's oh, like yeah? speed for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm bouncing off the walls with that. See, I'm, I'm kind of like that with caffeine. I could like chug a Red Bull thirty minutes before going to bed, and then same, same. Like I drink coffee before bed. No oh, issues. I just had some. You have some coffee? Oh yeah, penguin cup. Penguin cup. It's so cute, man. I need me one of them. Mm. It's good. So there is something that we talked about that's a little interesting, a little confusing. Um, apparently there's some draft pick compensation, some other things involved. Uh, if you have top prospect in quotes, uh, be what in the top two and rookie top of the year two voting? of the rookie of the year voting. Yeah. yeah. Um. And we talked about this. What dictates a top prospect? Like, are we talking top 30 Mm -hmm. here? Top 100? Whose list are you using? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, and I guess that's like how when they're talking about that pre-arbitration pool, that's going to be based off some war statistic, but even that's not defined yet because I think they're going to put together like a committee or something to determine that how that's going to be done, which, I mean, I'm sure it'll probably be similar for the top prospects. It might be some form of taking multiple lists and creating a median or something. Yeah. I, I told you this, I commented on uh, one of your tweets and I'm pretty sure I heard this, read about this something to where Uh they're going to, Major League Baseball, I think, is in talks with Fangraphs or something. And I think they're going to use Fangraphs F4 uh, for that pre-arb that you were talking uh, about. And I think they're going to be using Fangraphs top prospect list. Don't uh, quote me on that. This is my guess because it's what I've... No, you're, it's it's in writing now. It's official. Oh, is it? No, I'm saying you saying it. Oh, I'm saying, oh. Don't, don't quote you. You got me excited, man. I was like, shit, really? I guessed right. That's oh, you know cool. I like to confuse you. You do. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he had me believe for like 10 minutes uh, that Donald Glover was not Childish Gambino. And I, w- when he comes to my wedding, there's going to be some, there's going to be a bro down for sure. Just for that. Uh-oh. Good. <laughs> I'm about to bring, I'm about to bring my son as protection. <laughs> Get out the way. You're going to use Juju as a fucking human shield. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him in front of you. Here, you can't hit a baby. 
Kind of exactly. baby. That's all right. I'll get my nephew Lincoln to come after him. We'll, we'll have a kitty uh, fighting ring. We'll throw. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't hear that, people. That, that's shh, you didn't hear. It's okay. Shh, shh, shh. But <laughs> back back on topic here. You mentioned this may incentivize the Pirates bringing up Rowanzi and O'Neill Cruz for the opening day rosters. Do you think that they will, or is this just a pipe dream? I I don't know. I mean, it's it's confusing. Less of a pipe dream than it used to be. Okay. Because obviously, all off season after seeing both of them get their first test for like. They should. We want to see him opening day. We want to see him opening day. We I wish they'd be on opening day. And now it's like, there's. I think there's a high probability of it, because, uh, yeah, because I mean the rule from what I understand in reading it is that it's it stipulates that top prospects on the opening day roster, and it specifically says opening day roster. Yeah. That you had the potential to earn one to three draft picks in the first three years, you only, only one a year, <clears throat> which if you call up Cruz, uh, Rowanzi, and, you know, obviously I, w- I want some swaggy tea for that. Again, that's going to depend on how they disseminate the uh, top prospect list. Yeah. But I mean, in theory, in theory, that gives you three potential players to fin- it's finish, I believe finish, top two in rookie year voting and then they would gain an extra year of service time but i feel like that is the nice that's the nice um little balance yeah balance that you know you get a pick right after the first round it's not like it's like a after the third after the fourth after the first round which is a nice spot for that i mean that's where we got cabrian hayes um there also comes into a play there. Yeah. I mean, you have a certain pool money in the draft. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you going to get more pool money than two? Because you would have to, right? Yeah, because you, you would get pool money for that specific uh, slot. The slot, right. Okay. Probably, so even that alone, I mean, that's probably a couple million dollars in slot money itself. Yeah. And then that's what they huge. can do, what they did this last draft. Yeah. And get Braylon Bishop and Lonnie White and <laughs> sign both. Solomano and Chandler. Henry Davis, <clears throat> I know it was what, like six and a half million he signed for. Yeah. But I think the uh, slot value is like eight and a half. So two million under. Yeah. That, that, well, that's that what was amazing to me. It took, yeah, it, it took, I think it took 10 years. Was it Adley Rutschman? It took 10 years for Garrett Cole's record bonus to get broken. What was Garrett Cole's bonus? It, it was like 8.2 or something, I want to say. <clears throat> he did sign for lots of money. Yeah. Lots of money. And now yeah. he's got, what, that $300 million contract? Oh, uh, it was it was eight. It was eight million, and Rutschman, Rutschman got eight point one in two thousand nineteen. Rutschman, you think he's gonna be legit? Yeah, Adley. I mean, God, he God can hit. Yeah, he can. 
Orioles aren't that bad right now, if you think about their system. I think the Orioles are set up in a way. I mean, it, it almost feels like, you know, talking about those 2016 Pirates and our number one farm system. Granted, we had a better MO Major League roster at that time. Yeah. Before our number one farm was coming through, and they got Cedric Mullins and Cedric Mullins. It's Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Well, they, they got, what is it, uh, Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle. They got, they got a couple of decent guys. and Yeah. I mean, but Grayson Rodriguez representing Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> I don't know, but, man. Uh, Orioles are an interesting team because they do have some – it kind of reminds you of the Pirates of the AL mm-hmm. in a way, if you think about it. Everyone yeah. wants to compare the Rays and the Pirates, but if you look at the Orioles, the way they're running their team kind of seems similar to us. And you can kind of yeah. gauge how things are. I, I don't know. That's how I've looked at it. You gauge what the Orioles are doing to the Pirates, and I don't know. They yeah. just seem similar to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing with their, their system is real top-heavy. They do have a lot of AA and AAA talent. Well, I mean, and just just in a sense, like they're like their top five, you know, hmm. I don't call, is like really good, and then it's just like a drop off after that. The Mariners are kind of like that too, when you look yeah. at their system, because <laughs> Mariners got what Julio, he's one, right? In all of MLB or MILB, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, well, they, I mean, Kellenic, uh graduated yeah. last year off the list. Um, Noel Noel Marte, yeah, Hancock. Uh, who's that other pitcher? Kirby then, Hancock. Well, oh, actually, I think Nathan Kirby. No, wait, wait. Sorry, I think Nathan Kirby is our player. But they, they, there's a Kirby something. I don't remember. Shout out to Spencer Smith <clears throat> and his Seattle Mariners doing their thing. Love you, Spence. We miss you, buddy. Man, I wish Murph was on this podcast right now so he could bring uh, Captain Quack Sparrow. We we need his. Uh, wait, actually, the whole his uh, army ready for the quack attacks behind me. Oh right now. shit! What are you doing playing with Juju's toys, man? I no, they they got out of the bathtub and sat on the chair by themselves. Mm, that's some Annabelle yeah. shit going on there. Yeah, Captain Quack Sparrow got him ready. <laughs> got his crew ready for the season. <laughs> Boys, they signed a CBA. Get in line. Yeah, I, I guess a real, real quick back to the uh, that draft pick compens- compensation. I mean, because they, they can get up to three picks from bringing guys up. So, I mean... And then I, I even, like I said, yeah, I'm going to have to read more into the stipulations because then I feel like if they're ready next season, you might be talking about the likes of two of three of Priester, Tank, and Gonzalez coming up to start the year because that's another potential for draft picks. Yeah, because, <clears throat> you know, it, it makes you think, you know, the, the waves that we talk about, you know, the 2023, 24, 25 waves, are those uh-huh. now 
2022 wave, 2023 and 2024 waves yeah. with the way things are going. <clears throat> and it was good old uh, Bowden gave out a tweet and it seemed a little, I, I don't know, far-fetched. Let, let's just read this tweet verbatim here. Let, let me, let me pull up the old Twitter verse and let's look at this uh, Bowden tweet because I looked at it and I went, I don't know there, Jimmy. I don't know, Jimbo. He said, MLB fans win. Expanded playoffs in a bullet point. Universal DH. Service manipulation derailed. Tanking derailed. Young stars paid. Banning shifts, pitch clock, bases. 162 schedule. April 7th opening day. Free agency starts today. Let's go. Now... I don't know if all of that gets rid of tanking and service manipulation because you're still going to get it. It's just, they're going to do it in a different way. Yeah. In some form or fashion. Owners are going to own and they're mm-hmm. going to figure out ways to manipulate service time. And that's why I'm very apprehensive and seeing a guy like Cruz or Rowanzi make opening day roster. I don't know if that incentivizes doing that let's just say i i don't know man uh, I, i'm i'm not i'm pessimistic when it comes to service time manipulation because yeah. the pirates are huge with doing that. even oh, back yeah. to neil huntington guys would be in triple a when they should have been in the majors uh-huh. or guys were in low a when they should have been in double a like we've seen that shit happen yeah does it really change it like do you think I, I mean, again, I, I feel like it does with that possibility for one to three draft picks just because, I mean, that one draft pick is, you know, worth, you know, probably, I don't, I don't know values as well as some people, but like probably like $20 million or something like that. We'll say for argument's sake, 2020, like the value of that pick itself and that player's potential is probably in that range because the normal reasoning why players would be held down for that extra year is because you're gauging what is what that extra year of arbitration, what is that going to cost us? Yeah. Which would normally be, I don't know, for a star player, 10, 15 million range. Yeah. I think, or I think Mookie got 20 because he was Mookie. Yeah, it's Mookie. But <laughs> he's a different animal. Yeah. So, I mean, the potential that you could get you know, again, one to three picks for bringing a guy up early. Plus the other thing I was thinking too is that's going to make the normal, you know, time that we would call super two mid-June, that might even move. If teams do start players on the opening day roster more often, then that's going to change the super two a lot more too, where, you know, maybe like the end of May or mid-May is going to be the so-called Super 2 call-up date because teams will feel safer calling than that. They'll yeah. change the service time calculation. Yeah. So. I'm glad you hit on that because we talked about that and then the DMs where, where you hit on, you know, the Super 2 changing. And that's kind of where you got me. And, and that, like, you got me there. And <laughs> maybe it does change. Maybe I'm being more pessimistic than usual. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't trust that the system put in place now is going to change a whole <laughs> lot. 
it, it's I mean, hard we, to believe it. You know, we are Pirates fans. Pessimism is in our blood. Yeah, it, it's just being <laughs> growing up the way I grew up. Being pessimistic is just like second nature. Uh, glass half full was never in our vocabulary. <laughs> Did Brian Reynolds get traded? I saw your face. No, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> just so you know, guys, we we were discussing uh, doing this and what would happen <laughs> mid record if Reynolds got traded. Um, oh my god! Because you know that would be terrible. Because I want to see an extension. But it would be hilarious at the same time because mid mid recording, it was just like, oh my god, I turned it off. And everyone seems to get Reynolds with Seattle. I don't like. I guess it's the only team that we would really accept at that point because we want top heavy prospects. Yeah, for Reynolds. I I mean, I I could see something with uh, the Marlins too. Could you? Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they got some high-quality arms. They do. So, I mean, although, what is uh, six, though? He, he's running into a lot of uh, arm problems, which even that in and of itself would probably make them a little less likely to do something like that because he's had arm problems. I mean, Edward Cabrera is a horse. Yeah. Fucking – He's huge and just dude's got a big arm. Edward Cabrera. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, six they, they is nice big arms. Six though is uh an interesting cat, man. Yeah. Six though has the stuff. It's just oh yeah. That stuff is gonna ruin his arm, most likely. And it's sad to see because even though he's yeah. not a pirate, I'm a fan of baseball. And seeing a guy like that is pretty special. Like, yeah, that's why I would, it was the worst timing for the baby cakes to move out of New Orleans. I would have yeah. got to see all those guys. Yeah, you would have. have. Yeah. Now they're the, what are they like? Wichita Wind Surge. Wind Surge. What kind of stupid name is that, man? Yeah. Well, that's it, because actually, I think. The Marlins triple A team now is, is it Jacksonville now? I don't remember. They everybody moved them around. Jacksonville, I think, is their low A team. Pretty sure. When uh I don't remember. Because yeah, they I want to say the Jumbo Shrimp, I think, is their triple A team now. Really? Yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. Pensacola is their double A and Jupiter is their Jupiter. Okay. Okay. That's really weird. I could have swore Jack's the Jumbo Shrimp or their low A team. Did they like, were they low A at one point? Am I like, I think think it used to be their double A, I believe. Mm. I think it used to be Jacksonville double A, New Orleans was triple A, but then they reshifted it after the shrinking of minor leagues on top of okay new orleans moving i got you okay miss my cakes speaking of cakes we gotta work out some kinks boys and girls i'm not gonna reveal anything but we got some big things coming me and nola been talking in the chat 
about some Yo. stuff. Yo. Some stuff. And uh been talking to some some people. And uh yeah. Contacts. So <laughs> the contacts, my contact list is growing like Boris because people are gonna blame me now for problems because my contact list is so big. Um no, but we do have some exciting things happening real soon, I'd say. Um, Got to work out the kinks. Um, but the last kind of subject I wanted to hit on, uh, we were worried about the recent 40-man roster additions, like Sawinski, like T-Swags, and the rest, uh, Pagaro, you could go on, about missing time, missing development year. Now that the deal is signed, the load has to be completely off their back now. They can finally relax. Now comes the question, where does everyone end up? Because we were going to see some double-A guys move up to triple-A just because of that. Uh-huh. Now the plan is kind of shifted, and your guys like T-Swag are probably going to be in triple-A. Your guys like Sawinski probably going to be in triple-A. So now comes the question, where does this whole roster shuffling end? I don't know. Neither do I. It's an, it's an exciting question to ask yeah. because now guys who have a chance to prove themselves kind of lost that Yeah, in a way. You know, your Dion Walker may not be in Greensboro. Don't don't you talk that evil on him. <laughs> don't you put that evil in the world, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I wonder if maybe a guy or two will get uh, put in like extended spring training, <clears throat> like a Oviedo. Mm. There's a guy that's an interesting prospect. Dude, he I, was. If there's anybody I'm happy for, it's him. I would have felt so bad for him. Me too, because he wasn't used at all last year. Mm -mm. And if there was no season for X amount of months, what the hell is he going to do? But now he has a chance, stretch his arm out. Probably going to be in double or triple A just because he's had the major league experience. Probably got to be stretched out as a starter. I know Ben Charrington mentioned that on his show mm. uh, on Sundays last season. But that's the same draft where you had Akil Badu. <laughs> and then begs the question, would it have been better if we got Badu? Yeah. I don't um, know, man. I, uh, I mean, I, I finally started leaning. I mean, I, I had said that at one point. And then he really he, – he had a real big struggle spot, but the, the Tigers stuck with him, and he got it all back together and excelled. What, what got me was uh, when Soriano pitched, like, that first time in Bradenton, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Make, I'm going to forget about Badu right now. Sor, Sor, dude, he was – Soriano looked filthy. His he stuff did. looked dirty. Because he pitched, what, Man, two innings? But, I think the first start, yeah. Yeah. And the, it, literally unhittable. His stuff was dirty. But 
<clears throat> yeah, then the second start, he was all over the place. And, and I was like, ah, he's rusty. And then it was like, Tommy John. Back to the Angels you go. Yeah. Back to back Tommy John. He's, I guess he's got a little Jameson Tyone in him. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know, man. The whole rule five is just shaky. You never know what you're going to get. And I kind of see where the Pirates were going. They wanted arms over bats. I get yeah. it. But I don't know, man. I, I, <clears throat> I guess it's hindsight being 2020. And you're like, why didn't you get Badu? Yeah. Because I probably wouldn't have said that. Probably wouldn't have known who Akil Badu was. Yeah. Well, although, I, I mean, that might make a little bit of a difference in uh, Rule 5, at least, you know, we won't see until next year. But the fact that everybody has a DH now, yeah. it'll be easier to hide a hitter in the NL than it would have been when you have to deal with pinch hitters and stuff like that. And now you have the DH where you can be like, hey, you know, kid, go take go take four hacks in the nine hole. But I want to see Trevor Williams hit bombs. Oh man, I'm I'm all for bringing Stephen Brault back you now. That's a guy who I felt really bad for if there wasn't a deal done, yeah. because he was stuck, couldn't do nothing. Yeah, and you know we talked about Stephen, great guy. It just kind of sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he would put some shit together, have some good games, and he would have the surfer dude thing going on. He, Great he interview. Was, he was, yeah, he was the Jeff Lock 2.0 to me. That's a that's a guy that I was really disappointed in, man. I thought Jeff Lock would have been something. I thought he'd pull an old Charlie Morton and figure it out. Yeah. He pissed for the baby cakes. Chuck, yeah, and Vance Worley. Vance Worley with the with the BCs. <laughs> yeah, man, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, he felt a lot like uh, Jeff Locke to me, where I was just like, I was like, all right, come on, man. Like, every now and then, it's like, okay, decent stuff. You know, like, okay, I can see it. Good curveball. You hit the mid-90s every now and then. Okay. It's like, but then he just trying to paint the corners. It's like, dude, just, just throw a strike. Stop trying to paint. You you don't have that kind of command. No. You're... Throw, like, 90% fastballs. Yeah. Jacob Stallings would call a good game, but 90% fastballs? Come on, man. What the fuck are you doing? Throw some change-ups in there. Something. Yeah. Something. And then what was it? What year was that? Like 14 or 15 when Jeff Locke had that no-hitter going against the Cubs? He had like six walks. Was that like 105 pitches in the fourth inning? No, it was Jeff, Jeff Locke was the guy that Burnett took under his wing, right? Him and James was, McDonald. Yeah. Oh, man, he followed him around like a puppy, yeah. Yeah. J-Mac was someone I was really <laughs> counting on, man. I like J-Mac. Yeah. I used yeah. to pitch with him in the show all the time. All the time. I love J-Mac. I wonder what he's doing now. No idea. But... See a Suzuki. Oh, yeah. He can finally sign somewhere. Where is he going? Like, like Pittsburgh. <laughs> Probably going to Boston, I'd say. Nope. They're gonna first they're gonna they're gonna drop Correa to Pittsburgh and then right five minutes later, uh 
Suzuki. It's be Suzuki. Yep. Well, everyone was just saying with Susugo, well, he's Japanese. He'll bring in Suzuki. It's not really how it works, man. I mean, I, I can understand that, that, yeah, to a degree, if it was like we had the kind of roster where it was like, all we need is a Suzuki and we're a contender. It's yeah, like, no, yeah. we need a Suzuki. We need Correa. We need a lot of things. I mean, if you look at the the lineup with the Pirates as it stands now, if Cabrian Hayes is healthy, I think you have at least a decent one through four. Yeah. I mean, it's above average. Well, it's it's it feels like it's the type of roster that we like that uh every single off season leading up to the year, it's always like, well, if Moran hits like this and plays okay defense, and then if Bell hits like this and plays okay defense, and then if Kevin Newman goes back to his rookie you're hitting self and then if Reynolds does this and then Polanco does this we'll be a good team and it's like there's so many like if this and 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 it's like this roster is kind of like that too where it's like if Hayes looks like his you know COVID season self maybe not on a trajectory to hit 60 bombs but you know gold glove defense and hitting um and then other things fall into place, they could be pretty decent. I mean, even Ben Gamble, who's probably more of a fourth outfielder, yeah. if he can be a two-war, 750 OPS guy, that's not a bad table setter. No. I, I'm worried about Brian Hayes, man. I really am. Yeah. Short, little tiny sample size, 2020, you got a taste. You're like, okay. I see why. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, injuries. Injuries. What, what, what's going to happen? You, you know what I mean? It kind of feels uh, like, are we going to get this every year to where it's like a Polanco type guy? Where it's like, uh, he has all the shit, but he keeps yeah. getting hurt. And, yeah. you know, it reminds me of that meme. It was like, girls go back in time and the, in the time machine. And they like talk to their grandmother. I'm your grandchild. Yeah. Pirates fans, Polanco, do not slide <laughs> on such and such a date. It's like, I'm kind of getting those I'll go back further than that. <sighs> was, it, was it his first or second year when he ran into the outfield wall and busted his knee? Uh, first year. First year? I, I still I still remember that because that that's when his because de- he was like a above average star defender. That's when they were like, man, this dude could be an all star center fielder. Man, when he did that, he became timid. Yeah, he, he wasn't the same fielder after that. He still had the cannon, but it looked like he was had a little bit of oh, I don't know if awareness is the right word or he got to be like I'm gonna run into something. He got like alligator arms. Like he was yeah. afraid to chase after balls. Yeah. And you know, the classic gif of him like walking like a baby giraffe in the ball. <laughs> like Polanco hit some hard times, man. And yeah. I'm not saying that's gonna happen to Hayes. I pray to God it doesn't. But you're starting to get hurt now, man, a lot. Yeah. For the short time that you've been up here. And 
you start questioning, is an extension with Hayes really worth it? If he's going to show this kind of consistency with injuries. Well, but then maybe now's the time to get him because they got the leverage. Yeah, I, I get that. And they did the same thing with Polanco. And yeah. you've seen what happened. Yeah. Yeah, well, nothing has to spend now. So you might as well put that money somewhere. You think he's going to reach that tier four of the CBT? <laughs> the Steve Cohen tier? Yeah. That, that's the only reason they put it there. Yeah. Oh, it was for him. They're like, we're so scared of you right now that we're going to do what's this. Gonna, what's going to be funny is when they spend to the Steve Cohen CBT and they're still terrible. The When the Mets met. What, what were they? I forget the year. I was in high school. They had like an eight game lead. And they yeah. knew it. And they was, knew it. What, you mean this past year? <laughs> Every year, yeah. The Mets can never put it together, man. I kind of feel bad for them. They're yeah. fans, anyways. Because yeah, like, it's kind of hard to feel bad for fans when you're a pirate fan. More <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome to our world. Yeah. <laughs> Cue Simon and Garfunkel, real quick. What's that? Uh, that that meme with the. Uh... Oh man, what's his name? Why can't I think of it? With the the news and he's like first time. Oh, is that James Franco? James Franco, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. First time? Yeah. <laughs> Mets fans probably not though. They're like, no, we've yeah, been here no. before. Yeah, they they they've been in it with us for a while, I think. Yeah. And you look at the Dodgers too, who spend like fucking crazy, and you get one chip out of a yeah. shortened season and then i mean they're they've been great at developing too they have like their dominican academy is like raved i hear yeah i mean pirates are developing. too though their dominican academy is top notch from what i understand yeah never been there never been there Me either. Me i should visit the dominican yeah, well, maybe at some point. We should have a road trip to the Dominican. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I need to learn some Spanish. Yeah, I've, I've been really lacking on that. If I learned Spanish, I would be able to talk to so many other players. You know, it's it's great for spring training, I'll say that. Because uh, when we were there, there were a couple players that weren't even going to bother with us. But then Annabelle started, you know, talking to them in Spanish, and they're just they're like, hey, someone's speaking Spanish. <laughs> that's, that's how I got a Giffen Gope's autograph. Gope. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, I, I got a St. Patty's hat that uh, kind of makes me sad now to think about. It's a autograph by Bell, Frazier, and uh, Gope. Mm. I'm like, they're all officially gone. Whatever happened in Gopi? I know something crazy happened in Buffalo or something like that, right? Something crazy I, happened. I don't remember. I was about to say, I thought it was a Philly or something. I don't, I don't know. I, Where's that now? John was talking about it with me one time. Like, we were talking about, like, disappointing players or uh-huh. something. And 
like Ngope and some other guys, I think it was in the pirate system, did something fucked up or something like that. Can't remember. I don't want to put words in John's mouth. So, but something happened. I remember him telling me that. I don't know. I don't know, man. But baseball's back, Nolan. And and I'm all for it. And it's going to be crazy on April 7th because we got the minor league season and the major league season starting at the same time. Like, I, I need to figure out what all subscriptions I need to get. That's another thing. Like, the the process had to have been sped up. I think the PA put some pressure on uh-huh. him saying, hey, you kind of put the horse before the cart here signing deals with Apple and, and uh-huh. talking to Peacock and talking about expanded playoffs all before this shit was agreed to. I'm just surprised they didn't get more out of the deal because of it. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably – that's probably why the MLB started inching up a little more than they had been. Cause it's like, cause they were basing their, you know, movement based off of, Hey, we're getting this ESPN playoff money. Yeah. Here's new money. And then it's like, Oh wait, there's also Apple money. Oh wait, there's also Peacock money. Oh wait. <laughs> I, I just don't get it with the whole, signing all these deals before you have a CBA in place makes no sense to me. Maybe it's them trying to show off their balls a bit too much and say, we have the power and control probably now that I think about it. Yeah. But I don't know. It it probably didn't help that Apple probably wanted to throw something out there for their investors. Probably. And they were like, hey, we got a deal. And MLB's probably like, no, no. Well, it was Apple that announced it, right? Not mm-hmm. MLB. Yeah, it was like at like uh, some uh, convention or something. They mentioned it. I thought I was saying, they, I think they probably mentioned it, you know, because they wanted to tell their investors about it. Like, no, don't do it. Yeah. Cut it. <laughs> Cut that. Uh, it kind of shot him in the balls, pretty much, in in the negotiating room. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we had the, the deadlines, which was the dumbest thing of this entire CBA negotiation was, yeah, we have a deadline, but it's not a deadline, but we're going to call it a deadline so we can blame you. Yeah, and actually now we have another deadline. Well, and then we have another deadline. We're not going to play full 162 and make up for them. Or wait, maybe we will, but you have to meet this third deadline that we just set. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, in his conference today, because they they were grilling him on that, and he's like, it's a negotiation tactic. (laughs) No, it isn't, because it didn't work at all. Well, that's what... Well, and that's and then they flipped around. They're like, so then would you say that the players union showed a lot of resolve? And he's like, I have a lot of respect for the players union. We're like, sure you do. Sure you do. I'm sure you and Tony Clark really shook hands and sang kumbaya. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the PA and MLB owners have the worst relationship out of the major sports between unions and owners. Like the NFL, the NFLPA kind of 
they hate each other because both sides usually do but there's like a form of respect in a way yeah uh nhl i'm not too familiar with um in terms of relationship statuses between them but well it's probably not that great just because i mean obviously you had you they actually had a full season lockout yeah in 0405 so that's when they instituted the salary cap wasn't it uh-huh yeah <clears throat> that's what i thought because it was crosby's after crosby's rookie year they had a lockout didn't they no he was it was they got the number one pick after the lockout after okay yeah and that's what people everybody was saying that it, it was, was rigged rigged yeah yeah you but, gave him uh, Le- 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 magnifique and then you give him crosby yeah. what because if i if i remember malkin was the prior um draft was it malkin or was it mm-hmm. flurry no flurry would have been or I think it was Flurry, Malkin, then Crosby. Okay. I can never get Flurry or Malkin's ears right. Yeah, and then I think after that was Stall. They, they really they killed it there for a while. Yeah, the GMJR was like draft pick. What is that? I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> get rid of this thing. I don't need Give it. Give me Derek Broussard. That'll solve everything. We, I mean, we give, I, I, we all gave GFJR a hard time, but he did do a lot of good with what he did. He did. I mean, he, he, he was mostly pretty strong at, uh, he did a great job at uh, finding like those perfect uh, uh, college guys like Sherry. Yeah. And then Haglin he, he was also, a good pickup too. Like, yeah, ha- Haglin was Horn, pretty crucial. Was, I was so happy when they traded James Neal. I hated him. I was him and Malkin happy. loved each other though. Yeah, that was uh, that was Malkin's Dominic Simone. Mm-hmm. I don't get Crosby's whole infatuation with Simone, man. Oh, that Simone is the uh, analytics darling. He, he yeah, offensive Dominic zone Simone, possession. Yeah, Dominic Simone causes a lot of uh, tension between the analytics and non-analytics hockey people. From what I understand, it in the analytics community in hockey, it's like so far behind from major sports in terms yeah. of. I know you were bitching about the goalie advanced analytics. Oh, I, I hate I hate advanced goalie statistics. I think they're awful. But from from like a possession standpoint, because obviously in you know in a sport like that, as long as you have possession, your chances are better. You know, if you got possession, you're creating chances, which is what a lot of the analytics are derive is possession and creating chances, like expected goal for percentage versus. Like, expected goal against percentage stuff like that we won't we won't get in we won't get into the how i feel about advanced goalie statistics because that might take up another two hours you want to talk about ex woba (laughs) and ops ops plus because we Mm -hmm. know a certain podcaster who calls it ops 
Not OPS. Yeah. WRC plus. No, that's not how it works. Not how it works at all. Um, there, there is one little thing, one little tidbit that I found pretty interesting uh, before we call it a wrap here. And it deals with Major League Baseball kind of going outside of their comfort zone a little bit, I'd say. I mean, not too too crazy, but they are going to have quote-unquote tours in other countries, uh, play some games maybe. And the list looking at it is probably going to be exciting for the countries that they're visiting because you got Mexico, Puerto Rico, Asia. They didn't specify, but I'm assuming places like Japan. Uh, not sure how Korea is going to go just because of the tension in Korea. Um, but mm. Japan would be interesting. Mexico obviously is interesting. Puerto Rico. I'd love to see them play at uh, where Bly Madrid played. Uh, during Winter League, Roberto Clemente Field. Mm-hmm. Ah, be a nice little tribute. But I, I don't know. We, we've seen other major sports go out of the country. NFL in London. You got NBA going over to Europe. Um, and baseball is kind of reaching out to places where baseball's played all year round, like Mexico, like Puerto Rico, like, excuse me, the Dominican. And I don't know. I think it's a, a good sign that they're trying to move forward in the times. Um, if I had something positive to say about MLB, I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you think? Like, I don't know. I like it. I mean, I mean, it's good for trying to expand. Uh, I mean, obviously, at least a handful of those countries is like when you're talking about the Latin American countries is where, you know, they bring a lot of players from a lot of their talent. So it'll be great for them, prideful to, you know, yep. be able to play in front of hometown fans, you know, to inspire some of those kids there that just want to be able to see their favorite player in the bigs or someone they love to follow. Um, Paris will be weird. That's uh, yeah. I wanted to bring that up. Paris and London are also destination cities, and it's like, why? <laughs> it's kind of weird. I mean, Europe does have baseball, obviously, but it's like I, I, that seems a bit reachy to me. Are you going to fill stands up? Are there going to be stands that can withstand the amount of fans that might travel with their team? Probably. I, mean, I, I could see at least, you know, London would probably be a big draw because, I mean, I feel like they're a pretty big uh, just sports fans in general. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they Jacksonville Jaguars know best. Like, that's their home stadium down there at mm-hmm. Wembley. I mean, they yeah. play there more than anybody. I, I'll just be excited personally to watch those just to see, like, uh, the culture of how the fans are in the in, in attendance. Because it's – I mean, it's going to be a party the entire game. I mean, especially – I don't know if you I – don't, I, don't I don't think you were able to watch any of, like, the Caribbean series uh, games. 
I know it was on ESPN Plus, and at the time I didn't have it, but mm-hmm. I caught uh, someone was streaming it on IG Live, and I like kind of mm-hmm. they were pirating it, and I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I-, I might peek at it. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like a complete different game sometimes watching yeah. them, just because obviously here, like if a guy watches a home run too long, bat flip or does something that people consider against the grain of the, the code of conduct. People get all angry and, and man, th- those dudes are throwing parties yeah. for every, for hits, big plays. Like they're, they're getting excited. The fans are excited. There's songs and dancing. And yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, like real football. Like yeah. fans go crazy in the stands there. Like you mm-hmm. hear the chants, you see the parties. And with some of these uh Latin American teams, they have some uh risque cheerleaders too. And that brings in the male demographic for yeah, sure. Go. We got uh we got Yark in trouble with one of those. Posted uh uh what was it? Rodolfo Castro, how you could get his jersey when he played for uh I forget the team he played for, but he said, I couldn't take my eyes off this one girl. And we're like, pretty sure she's 16. Pretty sure, man. Oh. And he's like, fuck. I take it back. Like, I didn't mean to get you in trouble, man. Tried to hook you up with a jersey. Relax, man. But, you know, it, it's it's a good way of, you know, expanding the game. And maybe, like we said earlier, you can reach out to those casual fans in a way mm-hmm. and inspire the young kids watching baseball. I yeah. love it. And, you know, I also love the fact that we're going to be playing, from what it looks like, every team at least once sometime. I don't know if it's going to be this year with the whole schedule. I don't know how that works. But, I, think, I think it's supposed to be next year when they're saying that less division games and you'll be playing at least every single team at least once. And that's big when you think about it. You get to see Mike Trout. Like, yeah. when do we see Mike Trout? No. Never. Otani, never. It's, it's interesting, and it's something that needs to be done. Like, yes, mm-hmm. we're Pirates fans, but we're baseball fans, and we want mm-hmm. the sport to grow. We don't want the 53-year-old median fan that we have to stay the same. We want some 20-year-olds and some younger demographics to expand the sport. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect way to do it, in my opinion. But I don't know, man. It, it, like I said, it feels weird not having Murph here in his, his little tidbits. So Murph, if you're listening... That hit my soul. <laughs> that just hit my soul. I miss Murph. Miss you, Big Bear. Love you, buddy. Hope you don't have the vid because it sucks. He needs he needs a couple of those night cool naps. Night cool nap. Put him right to sleep. It was funny, guys. We were me and Nolan were talking in the chat. We have a group chat, and Murph got sent home early, and he said he's gonna sleep, and uh, he missed a lot of shit. Uh, oh yeah! During that all. power nap, and uh, it was funny. Nola sent a gif of uh, was it Jonah Hill saying, "I'm alive." 
That's gonna be Murph. Was that was that uh get him get him to the Greek? Yes, that was get him to the Greek. <laughs> I'm alive when he sees all the baseball news. But yeah, it's it's been a fun episode, man. Baseball is back. I'm excited. I can't wait for transactions to happen and maybe the pirates uh get a shitty free agent we can talk about him backup catcher something like that because we need one and i don't know what's going to happen there i don't know what's going to happen in general because i'm not a fortune teller but what i do want to happen is for you to like rate and subscribe to the podcast because we need that growth we need more listeners more downloads more rates because that's how we grow that's how we uh eventually earn some moolah because i'm tired of working at ups i don't want to work there no more help a brother out because i don't want to i don't i don't want to deal with packages i want to deal with my own package wait that's too much oh (laughs) ups what what can cody do for you not a damn thing I can fix your address if you give me a phone number and I can call you. Which, little tidbit, I had a package that was supposed to go to Texas that ended up in my hub. It was a next day air. That dude paid a shit ton of money to get that package next day. And it ended up in PA. Mm. I was like, I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) I can fix it, but you're not going to get it for like two more days. He was pissed. He uh, was I imagine so. Pissed because it was a brand new iPhone. Ooh. Yeah. What, did you open up the box? We have to. Oh, okay. We have to because it was it was slightly open anyways, and I had to take it down to the damage uh, portion of the facility, and we opened it up to see if like it was truly damaged. The box mm-hmm. was just damaged, so we reboxed it up and put the label back okay. on. Um, but yeah, that sucks. And I don't want to work there anymore. So help a brother out. Like, rate, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And what I'd also appreciate is a follow on Twitter. This is the portion of the show where I give my Twitter handle. And we all give our Twitter handles because we're greedy and we need those follows. So for me, it's at Murfanko. M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Give me a follow. Give Murph a follow at double underscore Murphy88. Uh, Murph tweets out awesome videos uh, on his YouTube channel. And I know Nola has been addicted to him. He watches him at work. It's his new addiction. Mm-hmm. When, I'm, when I'm trying to, uh, you know, zone out. Yes. They're awesome. Uh, don't have sound, which is weird. The only one that does is Travis Swaggerty. Don't... That's, the only one that, that's the only one that needs sound. Yeah, because he was barreling up them damn balls for mm-hmm. the short period of time. Um, but it's fun. Nola, give out your socials, you some bitch. Uh, follow me at, at Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. Yep. And then you can see his... You can see his pinned tweet of his beautiful, beautiful lid. His Clemente lid. My my, my uh, Roberto Clemente uh, lid, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of the word right now. Inspired. That he wore 
that he wore while we interviewed Dion Walker. Legend. I'll be wearing it this weekend in uh, Lafayette for a hockey tournament. I was going to ask you, you going to wear it during the tournament? Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. That's one of the – when I show people it, that's the number one question I get is, do you actually wear that thing? I'm like, fuck yeah, I didn't buy this and get this sweet-ass design to let it sit on the shelf. <laughs> You're like me, man. It could be expensive. I'm still showing it off. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. It could be a hey, signed look, jersey. I'm wearing it. Look, look good, feel good, play good. That's it. Who said that? Satchel Page? I don't know. I've heard a couple people say it. Uh, I feel it. No, age is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. That's what he said. <laughs> there you go. That's inappropriate. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> That's what she said. Beyonce jumped in, uh, jumped in the pod. What's up, baby? I don't know what you're asking me for, but I'll give it to you after the show. Hey <laughs> But no, guys, we love you very much. And uh, like I said, baseball's back better than ever. Probably not, but it's baseball and we love it. And next uh, Friday, we'll have spring training. Yes. Games. Yes. And the next podcast episode, maybe we'll talk about some uh, projected rosters for the minor leagues, figure all that stuff out. Maybe talk about some prospects in the college game maybe the high school game that we can see the Pirates picking up at the draft. Not Barry. Not Barry. Nola has uh, a rant to go on about Jacob Barry. Uh, We'll get to that next week. Mm -hmm. But like I said, we love you guys. Most importantly, Nola, hit him with a let's go Bucks, baby. Let's go Buckos. Buckos. Love you guys. Thank you.